Thank you so much for coming in to check out another episode of Jiu Jitsu Radio. Before we get this episode started, however, I wanted to do something a little bit different and give you a heads up on what we're going to be talking about today. Today we're covering the Triad Combat presented by Triller Fight Club. It's going to be presented on Fight TV and it's not just a new fight sport, but it's also going to be a Metallica concert. So all you need to do to check it out, don't wait until the last minute, go to fight.tv and look up Triad Combat and sign up. It's $2.99. We spend way more on drinks and food and all kinds of other stuff. If you're a fight fan, I think you're going to enjoy this. I'm super excited for it. I will be there in person. So make sure you check out the YouTube channel and the Instagram channel for a lot of behind the scenes stuff. I'll be bringing my camera, taking photos, but for sure, this is gonna be something you are going to wanna check out and you don't want to miss it. So head over to fight.tv and look up Triad Combat. They also have a ton of other different fight sports, whether it's MMA leagues, they'll do grappling matches, a lot of wrestling, a lot of motorsports. It's a really cool site, fight.tv, look up Triad Combat. And without any further ado, I am so stoked to bring in the next guest. She's been on the podcast before. She's a good friend of mine and someone that I actually consider a little bit of a mentor just because she is so knowledgeable about the entertainment industry, the fight industry, and just a ton of things in uh, in general. She's an amazing human being. My good friend, the chief marketing officer of Fight TV, Kim Hurwitz. gentlemen straight from outer space she's back sean's not with me here today but she's back where are you now you're in vegas now you moved you're all over the place kim Hurwitz, <laughs> marketing manager for fight tv are you director you're full director you run oh everything God, over there demotion after demotion <laughs> no way you're chief running marketing the officer. chief marketing officer. yeah because you literally run all of the marketing for Fight TV. Yes. How does it feel like to never sleep? Well, that's pretty spot on. Yeah. Um, it's been especially because this year we were acquired by TrillerNet and their suite of companies. So we carry all of their, whenever they have something they want to do on pay-per-view, well, we're, we're their ESPN. Yeah. So we help them, um, but, but we're very hands-on with them. We get involved with marketing and PR and operational things and uh, all sorts of creative decisions. You know, it, it's pretty collaborative uh, company, which is nice. And, um, but we still operate as a, a standalone company too. We have the ability to do things that might be considered a competition to them. So if it's a Showtime boxing thing or a top rank or um, I don't know, some, something from a different provider, uh, we can go off and just um, take care of it on our own. So. Let's, let's take a step back though, because the one thing that obviously from the last time that, that you came on, and I think there's still some confusion on originally what fight tv was to where you are now uh yeah that's fair uh we're, we're still um very involved in combat sports that's our sweet spot probably always will be um because it's great pay-per-view and that's a, a very important business model to us i i think you're going to start seeing us move more into um doing more subscription options because we have quite a few now and um you know that's a 
a thing that investors like. So everyone likes subscriptions. So we'll, we'll be doing that. Um, but we love pay-per-view because it's just, um, sometimes you have to put up a big guarantee, um, but a lot of times it's a rev share. So um, it's a little less risk. Um, you, it's you and the promoter. You're both kind of, you know, putting all your eggs in the basket and you want to make it work. So, um, and that's just something we just know how to do quite well. The company's approaching six years in its existence, I guess. Um, it started out probably in the early, early days, it was probably only pro wrestling because our COO had a deep wrestling background and there just was a lot of it. And, you know, pro wrestling has been around a long time. They, they know how to do pay-per-view. Yeah. So it was good to kind of just follow that model. And then it just um, gradually mushroomed into doing different things, um, you know, MMA and all sorts of um, uh, grappling, boxing, uh, you name it. And then when the pandemic occurred, um, which was only a few months before when I came on the show, if you were shot yeah. about a, almost a year and a half ago, um, we were right in the thick of it. And, and everybody was just like, like, what the hell? <laughs> what are we doing yeah. now? Um, and we had already decided to branch out a little bit into motorsports and soccer and, and music and, and other entities. Um, but that really accelerated. That, that probably accelerated our growth, um, you know, at, at least by a year or two. And actually, it was our by far our best year ever. I remember on the, that show that we had, we talked about what's Mike Tyson doing, if you recall. And because he was like popping up in um AEW shows and, and and just a little he was just kind of popping up everywhere yeah. and then there was, uh, he kept talking it he kept showing um footage where he's working out and hitting the heavy bet and kind of getting in shape and we thought all right something's afoot and something was afoot and Triller was the company that got he and Roy Jones Jr. to do a exhibition match and they threw uh, a little guy named Jake Paul on there <laughs> to fight Nate Robinson, you know, from the NBA and, yeah. and, and everyone else was kind of, you know, standard boxers. Um, and it was the eighth biggest pay-per-view of all time and the biggest one of last year. And so fight was involved and um, uh, a couple of us knew Ryan uh, from previous jobs and stuff like that. So they, we weren't a complete unknown to him. Um, and also in demand and all traditional cable and satellite were in there. And, you know, since then we've done a bunch of Triller fights. Yeah. And I mean, the, it's funny because when the first one, they, they started doing the first one, everyone was kind of confused. Like, why do they have bands or the artists playing in between like the fights and stuff like that? It's like, you're just going to have to go with it. Like take the experience, you figure it out after, see what it is. And I think little by little, it started to kind of, resonate with people a little bit more because it threw me off too i mean granted i go in it's like i want the next fight let's go let's see i want to see the next fight so having that in between kind of throws you off but then at the end you realize that some fights are not going to be bangers they're going to be pretty snooze fest so you're just going to be like i'll take this break for now to go watch it but i want to go back to something that you said as far as you know when we talked towards the beginning of the pandemic to now, when did you see the shift kick in for your end of things of obviously people realized, Hey, we're not going to be getting to go to concerts anytime soon. We don't know when's the next time we're going to have a huge group gathering. We can't stop this machine. We can't stop having events. 
So when did you start seeing the, the, the change of, we need somebody that can stream this for us, can broadcast, can pay-per-view this for us and get it out there? Um, I don't know if I can pinpoint exactly like what month or what event happened. It was probably a confluence of a few different things that kind of came together. And then it just, before you knew it, it's like, wow, you know, we're kind of busy. Um, I would say because the Tyson Jones fight happened at the end of November, I mean, we're coming up to kind of our one year anniversary. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm going into hyperspace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting so, my bearing here. <laughs> if, if for those that are listening to the podcast, you're missing out because we have an ongoing joke with Kim about what random different background she's going to have. And today we have the Millennium Falcon, which I'm sure Sean is going to be very upset that he missed out on. <laughs> um. Well, he shouldn't just, he shouldn't go on vacation. Then. I know. Right. And like, I listen normally. And I was going to say that, but then when he told me he was going with Nana, I'm like, Oh, Aww. I can't, I, I have been scolded by Nana. I have, I have Aww. received a couple of reprimands, so I cannot say anything. If Nana's involved, she gets what she wants. She can have the big guy for the weekend. That's fine. As it should be. Exactly. Um, so back to, let's see. When I was on the show, it was around June. Um, so right then, it had been a few months we had done WrestleMania. I think that we started seeing AEW and some of the uh, wrestling people um, because they found enough states that would would take the show. And you live in the great state of Florida. And you guys got all the shows. We do not care. <laughs> you still get a lot of the shows. Yeah. Uh, and also because the sanctioning is um, very easy to get along with. I mean, the sanctioning body in Florida. So um, anyway, um, so we started, I, I mean, I think the UFC gets a lot of credit for it because the whole fight island thing, you realize that, okay, you can do this without an audience. And um, so we kept thinking of like, well, what can we do? So we got into motorsports uh, a bit. Motorcycles, perfect for the pandemic. You're wearing gloves yeah. and helmets, you know, and you're six feet apart, maybe. Um, what else? Um, I think I think I think boxing really took its cue from um, kind of what the USC was doing, um, and and they realized, okay, well, we can do that too. And 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 really, by the end of summer it started feeling like, okay, we, we can make it, somehow we'll make this happen. It's either no audiences or, um, you know, we'll just get clever or do stuff in countries or cities that will allow us to do something. In it. So was the, the, um, the joining with Triller, like really kind of, I mean, it sounds like it was like an added bonus because with the amount of work that came in, it's almost sounds like you got a little bit more of, a group to support you? Um, well, yes and no. I mean, Triller is a social media app, right? And when they had first launched, it was kind of to be a, comp a direct competitor to TikTok. So um, it was with a, a younger crowd and more female crowd, because that's who's doing, you know, music. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then it turned into, okay, there's other stuff. And, and then it's just pop culture and it's dance. And they started uh, acquiring a lot of companies. So they bought um, a couple of tech companies and then they bought Versus. And I don't know if you're familiar with them, but um, that's just like the hottest hip hop in um, uh, group of, of concerts. It's like rap yeah. battles. I think the like last one you did, it was like, it was like with Shaka Khan was like the last one. 
Yeah, that was the last one in Stephanie yeah. Mills. So, um, so it's a lot of, um, you know, there's there's great admiration in the hip hop and and R and B and soul community in general. I mean, they really, um, they 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 think their legends are legends. You know, they treat them with such respect. It's not like, oh, well, you're over thirty, so bye bye. Yeah. You know, they they really revere um, people who kind of broke a lot of ground and and in the nostalgic aspect of it too. So um, anyway, they are uh, a really great group to work with. So they had kind of the music set and the pop culture set. Um, and then with the success of um, the Tyson fight, they said, all right, we're going to do a whole division that's like Fight Club. But really, they it's just like working with another promoter. Um, they didn't really have any way to distribute it in any meaningful way because people don't want to necessarily just watch it on their phone or the computer. They like watching big shows on their Roku or the Amazon or their smart TV. Mm-hmm. So we, we have that. <laughs> so it was a really good marriage of um uh people bringing their various parts and they kind of fit together so it's it's just been it's been great um because there's so much stuff but it it's it's definitely um growing fast and it's um it's a different culture let's let's put it that way <laughs> we're from the rock and roll girl money and like we know what we're doing we track you know everything i know you warned people don't worry kim's not following every single thing you're doing on the internet and i'm not because i don't have the time to do so she's following everything 100 percent. what's what's been the biggest challenge for you though with with everything i mean obviously you know when when you started doing the stuff with fight tv and uh we were talking and then i can constantly see everything grow all the way back from even doing the stuff with uh with gordon ryan when you had the event with gordon and then growing to the motorsports and everything else what's been the biggest challenge for you um i think anytime you're growing a new vertical it's it's a challenge and frankly grappling's been a little bit of a challenge um we have a deal with um, Third Coast Grappling. And I know that you kind of helped, you know, pave the way there. I was saying good things about us. And um, we have, you know, really nice events with them. We had a really good one, um, their eighth one uh, with uh, Jake Shields and Pat Downey and all sorts of uh, Renato and, and yeah. a lot of people. And uh, Nate Diaz uh, showed up and was in Jake's corner, which was great. Um, so and we've been doing other grappling um different smaller leagues that are they're coming in and we have another one coming up next month that's going to be out in uh in south florida actually and it's a mixture of like music and um and grappling Hmm. (laughs) kind of a thriller kind of thing but you know and we had another one like that a few months ago that it was in hollywood and it was a mixture was models and it was sword swallowers and music (laughs) and grapple it was like they were just putting everything into it um but it's it's um it's that's been challenging frankly i'm just being completely honest that's been a little bit harder than i thought it was going to be because we figure it's fighting come on but um you know i think that there are a few other entities out there who shall remain unnamed that um have you know a big corner of that market and um and uh, there's actually a couple entities out there two rather big ones um so it's but we're we're not giving up on it we think that is an area of growth and it's an area of interest. So 
we're gonna we're gonna keep going and we keep getting a lot of unusual things like we did this cryptocurrency fight um, from Abu Dhabi and it was a bunch of crypt like Bitcoin guys <laughs> who were fighting that you know um, and then and then regular fighters too and uh, and then we have something coming up next month and it's uh, DKU who's kind of like the new Bruce Lee um, he has a huge following uh, online. And uh, it should be really interesting. It's going to be from South Korea. Because, I have to know, check that out. I don't South Korea now with Squid Games. DK. Oh yeah, the South Korea. Everything has been blown up. I can see this shift. It's funny. Everything from K-pop to Squid Games and everything else that's coming out there. I see now that there's a. Um, I forget what it was. There's something else that's coming out of uh, South Korea. I mean, listen. I I love South Korea. When I went there, I had a blast. Everybody's so nice. It's just a different world from from the yeah. beginning. Um, I did see another one, too, that I had zero clue that it even happened, but it happened right down the street for me. And it was the pillow fighting <laughs> championships. How come I wasn't made aware of this? I do not know. But I will sign up to throw yeah. pillows at well, somebody. You no know, problem. We can, we can connect you. It's funny how that came about. Um, there used to be I used to work for a company called the Tube Music Network. And it was based in Miami, although I was out in LA at the time. Um, it was run by um, Les Garland, who was one of the founders of MTV and VH1. And this was an, it was a 24 hour music channel um, using the digital spectrum. If you remember, uh, broadcast was analog for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then in the, uh, let's see when, about when was this, uh, 2006, something like that. Um, they switched everything over to digital and that gave you, with all this extra bandwidth, you could do channel 5.2, channel 5.3. Yeah. And you saw all these DigiNets um, pop up. So we had the Tube Music Network run by Garland, who was an amazing individual, um, and a bunch of people who used to either work with him or were in the business. And Gary Jaffe, who lives uh, in South Florida, runs a big production company, has for a long time. Uh, he was the production guy and I was um, head of like affiliate sales. So I was, uh, there were not sales necessarily, but I had to deal with all the um, TV stations and get them launched. Everyone from the GM down to the salesperson. So we had like 90 affiliates. And um, anyway, it was great. We, we really kind of built this wonderful thing, but uh, it just, you know, the, the investment wasn't there. It just didn't happen. Everyone kind of moved off to other stuff. Anyway, Gary reach, reaches out to me via LinkedIn um, a few months ago and says, Kim, got this thing called Pillow Fighting Championship. She put it on fight. And I'm, saying, I'm going, oh, my God, how do I let him down? <laughs> how do I say <laughs> no? Like, come on. I said, well, can you send me some stuff? And he did. And they had, heart, had an article in the New York Post. And, and I saw that, like, they were getting all this attention on TikTok and Snap. And um, they were doing some stuff with Barstool Sports. And it was all, like, just kind of, you know, they're just testing it out. They do pop-ups yeah, yeah. in different places. And since they were in it, um, South Florida, great location, right? Because there's a gazillion fighters and MMA people. And, and so uh, there's a lot of MMA guys. And then they even got um, the Marines. They, they, have, they were going to have a Marines versus Army. And you know what? The Marines showed up. <laughs> the Army didn't. <laughs> so yeah. when you're in a pinch, you go with the few, the strong, whatever. They're you do not want to mess with a Marine with a pillow, evidently. 
But you know, when we got to meet everyone that was involved, we were really impressed because um, it's run by a bunch of people that like have businesses that make money and they just saw this as an interesting opportunity and it's made out of very specific material there's a patent on it it makes a certain sound when you hit people and um, they have all these licensing i mean they're so smart they're just like they have plans to go out to like colleges and um all sorts of it's a great way to work out because it's it's exhausting yeah um and you can it's so it's great for the cardio and, and just you know trying different strategies or whatever but you're not going to break a bone you're not going to get injured can you imagine if that's the next like fitness craze <laughs> forget peloton it's pillow fighting like here you go i mean especially if this is post pandemic like or we're stuck in the house again like here you go we start selling these pillows let the kids have at it go yeah. for it well so anyway we we um we chatted with the guy at reuters and and he he fought to do the story because candidly they weren't really into the story they said this is a little ridiculous but they finally put out their story last friday night and it went everywhere yeah i mean it was on cnn sports it was like on all these big places all around the world in in the mina region and singapore and, and india and um the daily mail in the uk i mean it was literally everywhere so so what did that. <laughs> Did you say anything to to the guy from Reuters that like kept on saying no to writing the story? Oh, no, I must say the writer and I'll say his name, Rory Carroll, because he's awesome and he's done stuff um, with us uh, on other things, too. He was the one that fought for it. it right. Some of the people in the upper echelons who were just going, mm, I don't know. <laughs> see, see, you got to you got to trust the people that you hire to work for you. Yep. You got to go for it. Great, you know, little taglines about how it's out of the bedroom and into the, you know, the ring and, you know, just like stuff to kind of little tongue cheeky stuff that people, you know, people like to laugh. And they and I think because that's even why I think why one of the reasons why um, Squid Game was popular, because they it was this horrific like Hunger Games type of scenario. I won't give any spoiler. Uh, you know, <laughs> Too late. If you didn't watch it by now, by now it's your problem. By now, come on. <laughs> um, but it was kid games, right? It was things that like people maybe played when they grew up, marbles and um, red light, green light. And, um, and, and that's kind of what pillow fighting is. It's something that you grew up, everyone knows what it is, you know, and uh, it's just silly enough to be really interesting. Anyway, the first event won't be till the end of January. So you're going to have to wait. No, I saw that. I think January 29th, 29th. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like right in between a bunch of the football playoff games and the Super Bowl. It's like wedged right in there. Perfect. It's a perfect spot. Like that lull between the, yep. the final games. It's a perfect spot. I Like I said, I had no clue about it. And it was right down the street. So, well. I guess I know where I got to well, go watch I'll, it now. I'll introduce you to them because you, you might want to get involved because, uh, you know, they're kind of just setting it up to do some fun stuff. So. Me versus Sean in a pillow fight contest. <laughs> it's over. I got reach. He's bigger. Don't get me wrong. He's bigger, but he's got little T-Rex arms. So I can, I'll, I got the reach <laughs> but, on him for you're sure. you're in the same weight class or it would be a catch weight? No, I think we're close to having the same weight class. I mean, I got I got a little bit heftier. I got um, I think he's up and he's going to I should give it a really high number just to piss him off. Uh, I think he's up to 275. 
So I'm at 230. So he's still got some weight on me. But that's what I'm saying. He's slower. He's going to be slower. I'll be able to see that pillow coming from a mile away. It'll be just very matrix-like. and just watch him go swinging by. You know, that's such a guy perspective. Like if you were a girl and you're telling weights and stuff like that, uh-uh. Well, I mean, for me, I don't care. I'm a fighter. <laughs> you know, see, it's that's like, what I'm saying. That it's not a big deal. Okay, if you're a female yeah. fighter, but any other female, don't you go talking about their weight. <laughs> no, that's a lesson. Mm-mm. That's a lesson you learned a long time ago. You never bring that up. Like, even with the girls, actually, like in jujitsu, I never say, like, oh, what are you like competing at? What no. Just like, I let that part of the conversation, the guys are like, how much you weigh now? What are you going to compete right. at? Okay. So what do you like? That part will go. But when it comes to the girls, like, nope, keeping yeah. my mouth shut. That's not my problem. That's not my business. Yeah. I'll well, let- I think, you know, that's changing over time because people are like just much more accepting and they, they don't see it as like, who, you know, if anything, women like to kind of have a little extra. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think now more and more with the, the attention that the female fighters are getting and what happened a couple of weeks ago with like Aspen lad, I think people are starting to see more and more that the, the details of what it takes to, to cut weight, you know, they're not going with just the, the mental image of something, someone running around with a garbage bag on for a couple of miles. Like they're seeing it more and more. And yeah, I mean, it's been around forever, but the more exposure this gets, I think the bigger of a deal it becomes to where the weight is an issue. So I mean, does that, does the pillow thing have weight classes? Yes, they do. And that's why I asked if you guys would be in the same. Listen, uh, It's not a lot, uh, but I think there's a, I think there's at least four. Yeah. I think either way, we would probably be, be super heavyweights, ultra, ultra heavyweight for Sean. For sure. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. I'll have a conversation with the big guy. If not, I'm just going to go up and beat him up with a pillow anyway. (laughs) So speaking of different sports, what I really wanted to talk to you about, and it's the event coming up this week, which I'll be there. Thank you so much for allowing me to come in and, and seeing this triad combat and Sean Wheelock. So hold on, bring this up. Like, explain this to me. Sean Wheelock is the director of regulatory affairs, which is funny coming from the one of the best announcers of all time. But he also does practice martial arts. He's done so much work. So it's fun to see him having the the eye and the detail on this. So mm-hmm. for for those of you that don't know yet, Triad Combat is this week. It's in Arlington, Texas, and you guys change things up a little bit. It's a triangle uh, fight space. I hate saying triangle ring. I mean, but it is what it is. It's it's awkward. Right. It's triangular fight ring. It's a boxing match, but it's going to be boxing versus MMA, but it's strictly boxing. You're adding the overhook, underhook, half tie clinch. Mm -hmm. Superman punches are allowed. Yeah. you have bolo punch. the bolo punch, a hammer, like a tomahawk hammers, I guess. Yeah, uh, back fist. yeah it was so. How you can did, step on the feet, too. You can yeah. stomp, but you can step. That's you one can, of, you know, clinch, but like one hand. Right. So like the half tie clinch, but the, the foot uh, press is one of the things that's actually, I find very funny because in boxing, it's a little bit of a dirty trick. Yeah. 
no one ever really talks about it in MMA, but in boxing, if for people that don't really follow boxing or jujitsu radio, whenever you have guys facing off, especially it happens if it's a southpaw against orthodox, they'll step on each other's foot because it keeps someone from backing out. So you can keep on punching them. They're not going to go anywhere. That's allowed. I mean, that's as close as you're going to get to having grappling into a boxing match, really. So my question is, how did this all develop into this event? You know, I don't know the exact genesis of it, but um, I know that um, Ryan and Nigel Lithgow uh, of American Idol and So You Think You Can Dance fame, et cetera, et cetera. He's been our um, creative visionary guy. So um, he's been helping us with some of these thriller verse fights that we do with verses and, and just great boxing. Um, and there's another one coming up um, December 2nd. Um, so they... I, they've been kind of talking about it off and on for some time of, of wanting to do something that would confine the space a bit. And, um, and yeah, so they decided to go in this, in this route and they brought it up to a bunch of us and um, everyone kind of went around with names and played the name game, you know, like, what are you going to call it? And yeah. kind of landed on this one and then had to, you know, it was uh, kind of like the whole karate combat thing <laughs> reminded yeah. me of that, which is the irony that, uh, you know, Sean Wheelock was involved with that too. But um, but yeah, it's just a bunch of different elements that have been out there in some ways, um, but it, it, p- putting it in a new converse, new combination, kind of what Thriller Fight Club did to the, the boxing game. It's boxing, but now there's music and maybe you can have commentators that uh, smoke a joint while they're you know, doing the play-by-play. I don't know. They're just trying to like do something different. Why yeah. not have Pete Davidson open up your show? Um, I mean, I, I love it. I love the idea. I'm- do you know the size of the the actual ring? Um, I if I knew there was going to be a test, I would have. <laughs> I'm just curious. I mean, I guess I I was. I mean, I've been looking at it, and I, I'm really really interested in all the changes. Like the other thing that they that um they did the research on was having the curved gloves, so it's yeah. still an open handed glove, like an MMA glove. Um, but the fingers and everything are covered and curved down. So that's something which I think this actually gives a benefit to the MMA fighter because a lot of the guys already wear those to train with. Yes. So that's a benefit. Boxers are never going to wear that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the whole point of this sport was to quote unquote level the playing field somewhat. Um, You know, some people would argue, well, you don't, you you can't take anyone down. There's no knees or elbows. Um, I think it's a sport that will evolve over time. And it, uh, you, so you might see some other additions in in the future, but for now they felt that there was enough um, parity on, on either side, maybe it favors boxing a little bit, maybe, but uh, to your point, uh, maybe MMA people, because they are so well-versed in different styles that um, maybe they can deal with the fact that there's, um, you know, some different elements that the boxer's not going to be familiar with. It, it's going to be good. I, I think it's a really interesting lineup. We, we have, you know, Frank Mir on the MMA side. We've got, um, okay, brain, don't fail me uh, now. Yeah, Kublatev. Um, We also have Tumanov, who's a a real good um, Russian fighter. 
and um you have Pulev you have that's on the boxing side so yeah. we've got Kubrat Pulev who's from Bulgaria which every you know and fight is based in Sofia Bulgaria so um there's going to be a whole big push oh yeah he better he better come <laughs> you know, home with the well. win I mean, and his that, last fight, uh, his last fight was with Anthony Joshua, Joshua. Mm-hmm. and he lost that one. And then you got Matt Mitrione. Yeah, Matt. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Matt Mitrione. Um, and so it's going to be a really interesting night of fights. Um, but because Triller likes to just put more cherries on top, um, we got a little band named Metallica who's going to be showing up. And they are very into this. They're very involved. They're going to open up the show with a couple songs. Then you're going to see a bunch of fights. And then they're going to come back. And they're going to do a few more songs right before the main event. And then when the main event is over, they're coming back. And in their words, are going to do 75 minutes going hard. Wow. That's nuts. It's a long night of, you know, a lot of fighting and hopefully a lot of knockouts and um, and a great band. That's absolutely crazy. So they're going to do an intro, a little intermission, like like performance, and then a full 75 minute show after. Yep. Who came up with like who made that decision? Was that was that more on their side, or was that you like, no, we want them on there as long as possible? Um, I think it kind of came out through a lot of conversations that the band had with Ryan. I mean, they they were very collaborative in what they kind of wanted to do. And I think they I don't think they'd been playing anywhere in the Dallas area recently. And they figure we got to give our fans a show. It, it can't just be a special appearance of a, you know, just a few songs. Now coming clean on this on on traditional cable and satellite there uh they'll get um the metallica that you see in the beginning and then right before the main event but then their pay-per-view event ends at the end of the main um fight uh it's only streaming on fight where you get the with the same price you get the full concert afterwards too so wait so you're if someone wants to watch the whole pay-per-view fight and the show Mm-hmm. It's all just one price, or they're going to have to pay for the. It's all the, one, it's all one price, nice. but and it would only be on um, fight. So here's the other little thing: we've only started promoting it, um, so it, it's not out there in a big way. But we're really trying to push our Trillerverse subscription. It's just two ninety nine a month, and you get your monthly boxing and versus shows on there. But we are also throwing this on there. Oh, so you can get. get this whole show and concert, if you get it on fight for $2.99. I mean, it's a, it's a subscription. So you, it's $2.99 every month. Yeah. But, um, or you can buy a whole year for $29.99 or whatever, then you month's free. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like at the end of the day, that's still cheaper than if you were trying to watch right. like the UFC fights on ESPN or anything like that. Like that's how much you pay for like you pay 10, 15 monthly. Like screw that. I Even if you just... You're going to spend more on drinks. At least you get to watch fights. No, wait. Well, what's the the subscription include? It includes um, anything that we offer uh, under Trillerverse, which is every month we have uh, a great boxing event and a a versus show. There's usually several versus shows. Um, This month, we're also including triad combat. And you can go back and watch these things later, too, because it's kind of like it's in your little package of content. So um, anyway, for $2.99 subscription, 
That's it's a, that's nothing. That's literally it's less nothing. Than a Starbucks, folks. Yeah. <laughs> It's literally enough that I mean, I great that I'm a huge Metallica fan anyway, and I'm a fight fan. So at the end of the day, it's even if you pay for the year, that's still going to be cheaper than what most people are going to pay for drinks that night. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't see why not. And I mean, let's be honest, you're going to spend a lot of money on on gifts on Black Friday. So the money that you save on Black Friday, you might as well just buy the. The thing. So, what's the plan for Tried Combat then? Like, is this going to be a monthly thing or whatever? I don't know if it's going to be monthly. Um, it may turn out to be maybe quarterly or something. That, that hasn't been decided yet. Um, but probably not monthly because we're doing the Trillerverse uh, boxing every month anyway. And we have a bunch of really exciting things uh, we hope to launch next year. Um, we're just going to be offering more and more things. And of course, pillow fighting, but that's just on fight. <laughs> So you guys have like so many crazy, just awesome, different fight options, right? It's like you have the triad, I mean, the pillows, like what's, what's the craziest thing that someone's come up and pitched to you guys? You're like, no, we're, we're not going to touch that. Like that they really made the push. Like, this is going to be the next thing. You guys are going to love it. Um, yeah, we do occasionally get something that's really out there and and we've aired some of them. Like, remember you were saying you have jousting. <laughs> yeah, the jousting was great. Yeah, I want more jousting. jousting. Um, but uh, someone uh, once came to us saying they have this thing called MMA football. And it was like, really? Okay, so like you tackle someone and then you can just like beat them up from there. I mean, I didn't know exactly how it worked. It was just, it was a, it was just kind of, you know, <laughs> you're talking now, about like, to say, fo- what do you think of this? Like the, the MMA soccer football? Well, I, I don't know. Is that such a thing? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They do it. Uh, they do it in Italy. They have, uh, I think they do it like once a year where they'll go okay. out there and they play and they just like, wail on each other. Okay. Well then that's, it's kind of like that. Or you could just say, um, have you seen rugby? <laughs> have you yeah. seen Australian rules? Football? Yeah. It's like some of these things are kind of like MMA football. Um, so yeah. Um, before I saw all their business plans and all the stuff that they had with the pool fighting, I might've put that in that category too. Um, other than that, you know, we get a lot of stuff from like roller derby and, uh, you know, stuff that's been out there for a while, but yeah. they're trying to say, hey, could this be pay-per-view? It's like, well, you know, and tag and like kind of, you know. Yeah. I mean, the tag is cool. I actually have watched it on YouTube all the time, like the last couple of years. The, like some of the yeah. events are actually pretty, pretty cool. And yeah. I mean, this, those guys are, are very athletic. I think it's just one of those things. It's tough when you're like they the good part is they are honest whether or not they got tagged or not that's the one thing i ever saw um it's funny the that you brought up the the soccer one the the mma football because it's always i don't know if you ever heard of this so once a year i forget the name of the city it's somewhere in south america but once a year the entire town shows up to like the soccer stadium and literally beat the crap out of each other and they like they that's their festivus if you will that's where they air their grievances so that's oh. their purge so anybody that they have oh, a problem wow. with you can go over there and just beat them up and that's it and you're not going to get in trouble and everybody's supposed to shake hands afterwards or something like that after that's just every time i hear about that mma like soccer thing or the football like that's 100 percent what i think of yeah i mean i think 
It's interesting. Yeah, it is like the purge. Um, it, it could be very therapeutic. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you, don't, if you don't die, if you can make it out without the brain damage. I mean, I know that hooligans got in trouble for doing this. They went to jail. So I don't understand how those people get to, to go scout free with it. But <laughs> I think more and more people are clamoring for just different types of fight challenges and things and like I that. I think it will get wackier. I think you'll see people fighting animals or robots. <laughs> You know, uh, you know robot robots, fighting robots, of course, it's, you know, already. Don't give everybody all your ideas. Come on. <laughs> like what? I'm curious. What would be your, if you could make up your own fight sports, like challenge, let's say, or your own fight card like this, what would you want to do? Um, hmm. I don't. <laughs> I don't know because I think it's everything is so crazy now with you know celebrity fights and and people who are non-fighters fighting each other. I mean, I guess you know at some point there's going to be an intergender fight and they do it now in pro wrestling and whatever and uh oh I can't say or whatever. I made a yeah. note of this like every it should be a drinking game if you go back to the last show I was on. Yeah. The amount of times I said or whatever you know, uh, if you took a shot and then uh, mindful, it's like, that's not even a word that I use that much. And I must have said it like five times. You won't hear <laughs> anything mindful. from me. I have been working so hard to stop saying the word like I am <laughs> trying so hard. And it's just so. I, I just. Yeah, it's just it's one hard. of those. It's very difficult. It's a filler word. It's a filler yeah. word where you're just trying to to fill something a gap in space to continue instead of just pausing and saying what you want to say. So you won't hear anything from me. So you help me, I'll help you. Okay, fair enough. I think that. Um, I mean, they already have a lingerie football league and stuff like that. I, I could see people doing like nude fighting. Oh my gosh, that would be so dangerous. <laughs> that's like Valley Tudo, but extra. And you know what's funny is that guys. okay, yeah, that could be. Um, again, that's not my idea. I don't yeah, I mean, copyright it. You never know. I mean, I'm just you just like, well, how far can people go? You know, they have eating contests and they have, you know. Well, the intergender one. Um, there was the video that came out a couple of months ago where the woman was fighting that. 300 400 pound guy in russia and i was reading an article the other day she did an interview where she knew exactly what she was doing and she planned it out because she wanted to do something that got her that much attention then then she could move forward with her mma career and i think uh bellator like threw her a uh threw her a contract or something so it's I mean, especially it's Russia. Everything crazy yeah. is coming out of Russia. I'm surprised they, that did you guys actually do the the office MMA like three on three, four on four fights? Have you seen those? Um, no, but we did do some of the Mahatch, which is um, with the sandbags and the fighting mm-hmm. there. We've done a lot of the stuff from Poland um, with the slap fighting. We've had them a couple of times, so. We do. We occasionally will do stuff um, that comes from other parts of the world. I mean, you could say that Lethway was pretty. Uh, we never carried that at UFC Fight Pass, but I mean, you can do headbutts and stuff there. Yeah. Wow, well, that's like that's brutal. Um, the uh, I forget the guy's name. Um, 
I think he calls himself the king of Lethway. He was starting a bunch of stuff online, trying to get it out there some more. But I mean, the slap fighting thing, what's the response you get from that when you guys had that on? Uh, yeah, people like it. The, here's the only challenge um, with stuff that's kind of like that and something that's become popular by being free for a long time. It, it's hard to transition that into, but now you got to pay for it. Um, mm. Unless it's either someone really famous or there's, you know, other reasons to buy. So, I mean, they do respectable business and we do see it growing. And so I think it's really just a matter of time. Um, there's a new owner for slap fighting uh, and he's really got his act together. He has a, a deep background in MMA. So he really knows, you know, the whole game and how to do things well and, and properly. And um, I, I think that, but just like the slap fighting and just like um, the sandbag uh, fights and stuff like that. Yeah, you, you see things on YouTube that have like 10 million views and you would think, all right, well, if you put some of that on pay-per-view, but people, they already in their head say, I can see this for free. Yeah. So they're not quite as apt to, you know, it, it, the numbers don't turn out like you think you're, they're going to do. Yeah. But you can build and you just kind of take it from there. And as the competition gets better, I mean, I always tell people that people buy fights for fighters. It's that's why they're buying it. You know, that's why a Conor McGregor or, you know, whoever the hot guy is at any given time. Um, uh, it, it, it sells a lot of tickets because they and it's it, they don't even have to be the best fighter. You know, look at the Diaz brothers, uh, whether they win or lose, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Like you want to see them fight. And um, so I think whatever sport it is, you know, you want to see certain personalities. Yeah. What I mean, I'm curious from from, you know, obviously we're, we're straying away more talking about specifically other fighting, but getting into the marketing aspect of it. What does it take to build that? I mean, if you get something so out of, you know, out of the norm and you've, you've done this repeatedly, how, what, what's your strategy on building something like that? You have to build stars. And I think that's kind of how, you know, BKFC has done it. They keep hiring more people that have a track record and, and a social following um, they go after, uh, you know, the Paige Van Zants and, and people who uh, just have a, a huge following that, that you know, um, are popular. People want to see them, whether, whether they win or not. It, it almost doesn't matter. I think it's, it's the cult of personality. I mean, you, you want to, great song, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I love that song. Um, Living Color. Um, so uh, it's. It, it's awareness because it, there's a lot of noise out there. There's more and more fighting leagues that are being started in every genre, it, whether it's grappling, whether it's pillow fighting, whether it's boxing. I mean, boxing has had a huge growth, uh, you know, and Jake Paul and his brother Logan are a big oh. part of it. Um, we're actually carrying the Jake Paul fight too. Um, we don't have domestic rights, unfortunately, this time, but um, we have a lot of big countries that we're going to carry. And we're the only provider that's carried every single one of his pay-per-view fights. So we're happy to do that. And I think that, yeah, marketing is going to be, you know, it, I, I think you need some lead time. 
and you need an angle that like captures someone's attention and um and personalities it, it, with followings yeah so i have two questions you brought up the second one into my head just now so i'll go with that one the one of the biggest discussions that everybody always has especially when you get like Dana White or whoever on post fight is always talking about the pay-per-view numbers. They're like, Oh, the pay-per-view numbers were through the roof. And I forget what the event was where he's saying, Oh, those numbers are, are BS. That's not true. They, there's no way they got those numbers. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to everyone what exactly it means when they say we had X many buys or this many viewers or this, like when you get the actual pay-per-view numbers, so, I mean, it's, it's a whole big conversation to have, really. When you see, okay, are the numbers that Dana White giving out really the numbers that, that are really coming out there? I'm not saying that you're going to call out Dana White or anything by any means. That's not the case. But I think the confusion comes down to who do they believe? People spice up numbers. It happens, especially when you're a promoter. You're going to spice up the numbers. But what do you get as the, the CMO when you have to analyze the response afterwards? Well, truthfully, it's it, that's when you'll find out the final number and maybe not immediately afterwards because with digital, yeah, you'll, you, you will definitely get a, a number. And depending on what the sport is, you might get 10% more if you offer replays and stuff like that. Um, maybe more if it's pro wrestling, um, because they tend to buy things, even if it's not live and post event, a lot more than um, MMA or boxing. But um, if you are using traditional cable and satellite that goes through their set top boxes and it's, you know, it's, there's like little MSOs in all these different cities and you have to pull from every single one. They're not, it's not like one central um, computer where everyone, you know, comes in, you know, you're, you're manually waiting for things to come back. And um, so it can be a month or two before you really know what that number is, but you can do guesstimations. If you do it enough times, you kind of go, well, all right, by this time, if we have this much, I can expect to get 20% more in a month or whatever. You can do those projections. When you hear Dana White or Tony Khan, who runs AEW or, you know, Bob Arum, who runs Top Rank, talking about um, total numbers that it's usually not super exact. It's big round numbers. Like, yeah, we did 800,000 buys. You know, it's always yeah. rounding up, always rounding up. It's like yeah, within the um, red marsh of air of like a hundred thousand on either way, maybe um, it, because no one's going to press them to it because most people keep that information close to the rest. They don't want to give that way away that much unless it was just phenomenal. And like we have, you know, we kind of uh, talked about the Tyson numbers because they were just so phenomenal. Um, and it, but it wasn't right away. I think they wanted to wait and some of the cable and satellite stuff came through um, because we realized that like, oh, we're a top 10. That that's, is, you know, it's, that's in there. And so it, it settled out at number eight uh, all time. Um, but a lot of times people don't want to talk about the numbers, um, whether they're good or bad or did better than you thought or worse than you thought. Um, 
just because then it, it sets up this expectation. You, you have this bar you have to keep hitting. Now, UFC has been around for, what, 28 years now? So um, they, they, they don't really necessarily, they're not going to win or die by a, a, a flop event or something. Yeah. Well, but a younger company that could, you know, be really hobble their chances if, if things felt disappointing or something like that. So I, I think that most people like to keep that close to the vest. And it's funny how, um, especially in pro wrestling, um, AEW talks about a lot of their numbers, I think, again, because they're doing really super well. Um, and uh, But there are people, pundits, there's a guy named Dave Meltzer who always seems to have the scuttlebutt on like what WWE did. And, and like, how does he get these numbers? It's like, yeah. and sometimes they seem pretty spot on. And other times like, no way. Like he's making it, he's fudging it. Yeah, right. I mean, I, and that's the thing. I think- people don't understand the exact aspect of, yes, you do get a report saying we had this many uh, pay-per-view buys, but you're not going to get the most accurate one the night of the fight. It's one of those things that comes out after. So when you guys get someone to come up to you and say, Hey, this is how many people I think I can get off of my, my event from using your platform. Is that something that really comes as a, a selling point for you? Or is it really the looking at the potential of what they could be? No, I, I freaking hate that question. <laughs> because <laughs> it's there, especially for a brand new event, it's kind of like saying, how famous do you think I'm going to get yeah. <laughs> on this show? It's like, it's a brand new show. It's like, I don't know. I mean, it kind of depends what you put into it. We can guesstimate having done 5,000 events. Um, like, where you might land if you put in X amount of dollars and, and like, if you have four weeks to promote it and, and we're, and we're committing, we're going to do X amount of emails and app pushes, and we're going to do a Roku buy and we're going to do blah, blah, blah. Um, we can, we, we kind of know, and I, maybe I spoke a little about this last time, um, a tiny bit, but we have um, an AI predictor um, that has been because of the 5,000 events, like it's pretty, it's pretty accurate. So we will know once it goes on sale after about a week or so, we, we get a, a finger in the wind and we kind of either like, oh, man, we, we better like bolster this. <laughs> we need to put out some more press releases or whatever, or we need to um, maybe do a, a bigger ad buy on Google or whatever yeah. the tactic might be. Um, Don't put but- any Florida events on that, that predictor. It'll blow up. That is Florida is the worst. I, anytime I do an event here, I always have to have that conversation with the promoter, whoever saying, listen, I know you've done the show in other places. It's not the way Florida works. You're not going to sell, you know, 500 tickets the first day. It's going to be 10% of your ticket sales are going to be at the very beginning. And then two weeks out, it's going to be another 40. And then the remainder are going to be walk-ups. I promise you it'll be walk-ups. Nobody can handle that. Nobody can handle that stress, which rightfully so it's understandable. Yeah. You're like, Oh, my, yeah. my event is going to bomb. It's going to crash. No, just listen to me. We did everything right. Just go. You could, if you go do it in Texas, you go do it in, in Colorado, California, go for it. Go to New York for sure. You can end up selling it out. No problem. Not in Florida. It's just not the way people operate here. 
Yeah, that's interesting how there's just different ways that people behave in different areas. So um, yeah, that's got to be tough uh, to kind of go, well, am I going to lose my shirt or am I yeah. going to be like really ecstatic about yeah. the results? Yeah. I, I always think it's funny though, because I always tell people like most of the time tours either start or end in Florida and for different reasons, just because the amount of time it takes to come down here, the expenses, and then it's peninsula. So you got to come down and drive all the way back out. So you're not really hitting anything new. There's not a, uh, an efficient route, but then the joke also comes down to, well, if you do it at the beginning, you know how good you got to do with the rest of the shows to make up for that tank. Or if you do it at the end, or you're going to know you're going to do everything else right. And then whatever happens in Florida happens in Florida. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why, I mean, I'm, that's why I'm just curious on, on your, on the, the promotion aspect of everything. I mean, you guys have grown so much. I mean, obviously your expertise on, on putting all the events together and just kind of having, it's, it's cool to me for me to see the, the open-mindedness of your platform to kind of just add more. I mean, the wrestling is great. I think the, the wrestling is a big part of everything, but adding all these new events is kind of, is kind of crazy. Nobody else is really doing that. Yeah. I mean, there's really no other um, pay-per-view company that, that does so many different things. And we're probably going to expand out into even more sports. And we had a motorsports um, moto car event um, just uh, last week. So we haven't given up on, on that world either. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting uh, year next year. We're going to probably <laughs> throw out even more items. And, um, you know, we also play well in the sandbox and and uh, with, with other promoters. So we'll, you know, we'll work with them in, in their markets. And even if they only give us, well, you only get some European or some, you know, Asian markets and because everyone wants the U.S. because yeah. That's where all the pay-per-view money is. But, um, you know, it's like, we're, we're fine with that. It's like, okay, we'll, um, we, we like our international crowd. Yeah, there was, a, I forget what it was that we talked about last time. The, the one that was the surprising large numbers of pay-per-view buys that you guys get. It was the KSI Logan Paul two fight yes. I had talked about. Yeah, Which even at that point was like a year and a half old. Now yeah. it's old business now, but um, yeah, it's the you get a Mayweather or a Paul brother on on the card. Um, you're doing really well. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna sell tickets and like you know. But we also did well with the Manny Pacquiao Pacquiao fight, which turns out it looks like it's gonna be his last fight. Yeah. For the future president of the Philippines. Man, do you get any perks for that now? Did you, you get to work with the, the future president of the Philippines? Well, I mean, he hasn't, you know, won yet, but I think that he probably will. I know he's running. Wow. <laughs> wow. Boxing is not rigged at all. <laughs> I I didn't say that. That wasn't me. So um, do you get to work directly with him at all on, on events like that? You know, it depends. Um, I didn't get to um, on this one um, because, and, and ironically, he was here in Vegas where I am now. Um, but uh, I forget what it was. Sometimes I do get to meet the fighters and hang out if I'm either going to the press conference or, um, 
or the actual event. I don't go to too many of these events though. Otherwise yeah. I just be traveling and I'd never stop. Yeah. There's um, no way you could, could do that. You physically could not do that. But that's why I'm excited to go to the triad one because I, um, I've, I've not seen a thriller fight up close and I was supposed to go to the Oscar de la Hoya one uh, out in LA, but of course he had COVID. So you didn't miss out on anything, Florida, but it was yeah. just, you know, and Did that you... was like, you know, that was a crazy event because literally four days before the Belfort um, Holyfield fight happened, we only had a week to build that cart and switch states and, and switch everything. We bring in none other than President Donald Trump for our alternative commentary. So now you have like, you know, a former sitting president of the U.S. who's like, it, it, it was just, that was just nutty. That like with all of, just how fast everything happened. Yeah, I was like, what were the logistics for that even just to get him in there and to do it? Yeah, I mean, I didn't have to, you know, do handle those details. Thank goodness. There's yeah. a very, uh, a very capable COO uh, at Triller Fight Club named Torsten, who has a, a deep background doing major, major boxing events and stuff like that. And he really kind of runs like <laughs> clockwork. And and you know, and along with the senior management team, who I guess knew Donald Trump, and he lives in South Florida, so um, you know. They just, they did a deal and it was like really working with any other famous. Yeah. I mean, a little bit extra, more famous on that one. A little bit extra. I wish you like, just to hear that initial conversation. Hey, hey, Don, I got a fight this week. You want to come be a commentator? But you know, he did have a fight background to be fair. You know, he was, and he knew he was a longtime friend of, of Holyfield and had, you know, the Trump uh, towers in, um, uh, New Jersey and and had lots of uh, events and stuff like that. He's he's a fight fan and and he's friends with Dana White too. He's yeah. a, you know, a huge UFC fan and very supportive to the UFC events too. I guess he's got the extra time now, right? Right. He's got a little bit of the extra time now. Yeah. So the the bare knuckle fight, like the whole stuff that's going on with it now. What's what's the update on that? The you mean like BKFC? Yeah. League? Yeah. Because um, there was there was the um, the issues that now they're saying that um, it wasn't a sanctioned fight. Um, but which one? Well, I'm sorry. Which one are you talking about? The what? The one? I think it was the one with Hector Lombard. Let me see if I can pull it up. I'm trying. Like I'm curious on on the news oh, on so the most recent one in my yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're saying that, or no, it was, let me pull it up, because I forget the the details on there, but I guess because of the issues of where they had to fight, and um, and who the governing body was for everything, that all of a sudden they're saying that, oh, well, everybody is um, not sanctioned anymore to fight or are not allowed to fight for a while. Uh, where is the freaking? It should be on MMA. Was that the event with um, uh, Dat Nguyen on the undercard too? I wish I could tell you. Um, uh, I got so many different fights in my head that <laughs> that I can remember that it's like it's all jumbled into one. Plus, like the John Jones. 
like match coming up and all this other stuff. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. So what do you know about that? I saw an ad, but, or a story about it. Uh, all I know is what's out there. Um, I honestly think that he shouldn't be allowed to fight considering what happened and what he did. Yeah. That's me. I think that's just one of those things that I do not care to see John Jones compete when he's got so many like issues um, that dude needs to go to rehab and be locked in rehab for a good while. Like that's just something's wrong that you can't throw some random Bible verse on top of to try and cover like your ass on. You can't do, you can't sit there and, and have the cops call to your Vegas room with your wife and a bloody nose at the front desk and be like, there was just another day of Vegas. I'm going to go fight. Like, you can't do that. Like, I don't care whether or not you want to be a role model for someone. There's eyes on you, you know? So for me, it's, will yeah. I watch it? Probably. Uh, <laughs> do I want to see him fight? No. But I mean, I love a good, I love a good show. It is what it is. I just, want someone that talented i want to see them succeed yeah i mean i i really hope that yeah he gets whatever help he needs because um what an amazing fighter and he you know he could have a very very bright future and i think sometimes you know people who are just so blessed with certain talents um so deep it you know they they have other things maybe they have to deal with um I mean, and that's the thing, right? It's when you get guys that are so talented, it doesn't matter if it's fighting or musicians or whatever, they're, there's something there that gives them that, that spark, that, that little change of something different. Yeah. So you have to take it. You, you can't have something so extraordinary without the balance of something to bring it back down to earth. Like, I mean, yeah. you get Axl Rose is amazing musician, like performer. That guy is batshit crazy. I mean, but that's why you love guns and roses. Like that's just the way that it goes. So it's, it's just one of those things. It's, you know, I mean, look at what happened with Tyson Tyson. You had to go through so much stuff. Yeah. And I mean, even now he's a, he seems to be such a great human being, but I have a feeling it doesn't take much to get the the beast to come back out and you know start wrecking entire squads of people so would you personally take that trade off if you could be someone who is so incredibly gifted in some particular area but you're going to have like some mental things to deal with would you take that trade or would you rather say i'm fine the way i am and i'll you know i'll make it by being a more balanced human but I think it depends on what it is. If you're telling me I'm going to be the world's best crochet artist, I think I'll take a hard pass on that. You know, um, I always go with the mindset of if you want to be great at something, you have to pay the toll. Like it's just the way that it is. You know, Yingwei Malmstein has one of the best quotes ever that, if good intentions is all it took to be great, then everybody would be great. Mm -hmm. You got to put in the work. You yeah. have to have something. And anytime you get someone that has 
reached that level of obsession on something, you're going to miss out on social skills or norms or things like that. I mean, look at Elon Musk. Elon is a genius. He has a set goal. He wants people on Mars. Everything else to him is secondary. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Would I? I, I would probably say, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a passionate person. So if there's something that I want, like a hundred percent, I will put everything into it and I will sacrifice other stuff. And I've done it. I mean, I did it to get to the point where I was in the music industry and I was nobody, but I sacrificed everything and I got to where I was. And then I decided, I was like, okay, well, I got to take a step back because I was reaching another level where I was like, I don't want to burn those bridges to achieve that goal. But for sure, I mean, at the end of the day, you're you're only here once. So if you're passionate about it, if you're truthfully passionate about it and you're, the meaning of your existence is to express yourself in that manner, I mean, you have to. Otherwise, you're, you're being disingenuous to yourself. And then at the end of the day, you got to live with yourself, nobody else. Yeah. And I think if you're lucky enough to have a passion that so drives you to do the 10,000 hours and beyond, you know, then it's almost a waste if you don't, you know, because that's a gift. I mean, not everybody has that kind of passion. Some people just want to go through with their day-to-day life and I'm going to do my nine to five and then I'm going to go over here and then I'm going to pay my taxes and I'm going to, you know, go to the gym once a week or, you know, whatever it is. And there's nothing wrong with that. That may be a a less complicated life and it may be a happy one. Um, But I think that, yeah, if you are blessed with some, you know, skills or insight or something that just drives you, drives you, it seems like that's a very human thing to, to kind of make the most out of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing worse to me. There's nothing worse in this world than wasted talent. Yeah. There's, wasted talent and there's ungrateful talent when you're given something and you're ungrateful for it that's worse than just being lazy about it because you don't appreciate what you have and it happens i mean you know that's what happens with john jones he's ungrateful for the talent that he has and that's his own ego that's the thing there's a difference with you know conor mcgregor is just crazy he's doing it up he's not an amazing amazing fighter but he's a showman Go for it. I'm all for it. I love it. He's probably going to cross the line too many times, but you know, John Jones is John Jones. It's imagine if you had Bruce Lee be so amazing, but he didn't use his talent and he died at what? 33. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to me. And there's so many stories of people that, that I pay attention to that I, that I look at and you know, it's, for me, I don't need to look at quotes for inspiration. I don't need to look at, you know, some painting or something for inspiration on wanting to have something or wanting to do something or reach a goal. It's, I want it. There's, it's a weird feeling that some people will never experience of, I mean, like being up three days in a row, working, going on tour, like doing this, that, and the other, because I want to be there. I want, this is what I want my life to like, there's, you know, people ask you like, Oh, how could you do that? Be up for like three days in a row, two days in a row. Just it's like, there's no option there. You don't, you don't get to choose that. It's you want it or you don't. Right. 
So it's like wasted talent is wasted talent. It's like if he doesn't want to sit there and and use it, go for it. Like what's he going to get out of this grappling match? He's the bigger, stronger guy. If he loses, yeah, he loses. You know, it's different if you tell me Gordon Ryan versus John Jones. Yeah, yeah. Then I'm in. I'm all in. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say that one too. So bringing it back to jujitsu, do you think that there's a certain zen or or thing that jujitsu like fuels you? Is there a reason why you gravitated towards that sport? Um. I mean, you are jujitsu radio. So. Yeah. So it's it's funny because I started off with capoeira, and I was really really into capoeira. There's a different energy and a different approach to it. Um, I think, especially with jujitsu, it hits so many people. Like I always tell people that you reach a point when you first start that the bug bites you, where you get a different understanding of the world around you. Um, and it comes down to your upbringing. Like I was bullied a lot. I was bullied by my teachers, classmates, everything. So there's a sense of vulnerability of where, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen next. And you don't have the confidence in yourself to think if something happens, I can handle myself. So once you start training and you, for me, especially there became a point in time where I've always been an athlete and played sports. I've always been pretty good at sports, but with jujitsu, it's like, it doesn't matter if you're an elite level athlete that you've always been good at sports, or you're someone that just grinds away at getting better, better, and better. You're on a level playing field now. So you have, you all, there's always a chance, but for me, it was the ability to all of a sudden be confident that whether someone's bigger than me or more talented than me or stronger than I'm at peace with who I am. And I know that I can handle myself one way or another. And it's funny, but it, you really bring it down to the point of you've been killed countless number of times and when you look at it that every time you tap someone's choking you unconscious if they wanted to they could have killed you so when you're basically facing death that often it's one of those things where nothing else really bothers you as much the little things don't get to you as much it's like well at least i'm not getting choked out at least <laughs> someone's not breaking my arm so it just it, that's part of it. And then it's one of those things that I, I started dedicating everything that I do to it so much more. And the same with music that I've gotten to experience so many things because I dedicated myself to martial arts. Even the fact that you and I met and became friends came down from my passion for jujitsu, starting to take photos of it and then starting to take photos of fight sports and martial arts to seeing, hey, karate combat's coming out in Miami. I want to be there for it. I want to experience people fighting for it. And just, and it all became from the fact that I dedicated so much time to immerse myself in everything that involves jujitsu, not just the art in itself. Right. So it's, it's what am I going to do? Am I going to dedicate my life to sitting there working nine to five? Like, you know, making photocopies, like, no, why would right. I do that? Right. But what about you? I mean, you're the 
it's the same for you. You're the lifelong martial artist, the black belt. Yeah. And, um, and I think it's, it was similar and it's funny. Well, not funny, haha, but um, <laughs> I'm curious that you mentioned that you were bullied growing up. And I think I hear that all the time. I mean, that's GSP's story. Yeah. And the guy who's the master sensei who conferred to me, you know, my black belt and, um, you know, he's an eighth degree master. He was, you know, a contemporary of, of Bruce Lee and, and Chuck Norris and, the guy is just a living legend and he too was bullied as yeah. a kid. You know, he was from Hungary and then he, they uh, escaped and um, went because he was Jewish also. And he went to, um, I think Toronto. And so grew up in Canada and it, because of his size, you know, because he, you know, was, didn't get taller until later in life. And, um, and he just decided, I'm just going to fight back literally, uh, you know, and and re and change my life and then he just got into it and and just never stopped but um it, it is a common refrain that you hear that someone was bullied and i wasn't bullied but there was something that happened to me when i was younger in college and um i said that will never happen again and that was one of the things that motivated me um not only to encourage my kids to get into it as well but me personally and, um, you know, I, I'm 5'3", and I'm not that tall or big or scary, but I'm a really fierce fighter. And, uh, you know, I had no, you know, whenever I would spar in, in the groups, it tended to be with a bunch of guys. Um, my daughter was in there too, but uh, so she was even smaller, but um, guys who were like ages 16 to 28, and we'd be fighting them all the time. And like, they didn't always want to fight me because they just—they yeah. knew I was crazy. Um, well, I mean, when you get to the point where you get that close to the line of death, if whatever way you want to look at it, like, and you realize all that you have to lose everything else is like you never want to get up to that and you're willing this is how far i'm willing to go to never lose that mm -hmm. yeah so, so it's completely understandable at least from my point of view i think like the bullying thing it's it's bad to say it but i say it where it's like i think bullying to an extent is a necessary evil of this world yeah. Because like, what's the phrase the, that um, hard times make hard men, like easy times make for like soft men kind of thing. It's like the same for women. Yeah. It's, you know. I, I agree. There's some, I think in some of the culture that we have right now is so like, oh, don't offend and don't do this and don't do that. It's like, well, no, I think in a way you want to face some adversity here and there because it, it sharpens the tool, you know, and it makes you stronger. Hopefully it motivates you to, you got to fight back and stand up for yourself. And maybe you can stand up for someone else who hasn't learned how to do that. You know, you can stand up for your friends as well. And um, I think martial arts, especially very empowering for women, it really just makes them feel so much more confident, but it's just as good for, I think, boys um because 
I think boys tend to be more naturally aggressive anyway, and they need that outlet. Yeah. You want to rough house. You want to do this with your kids. And I, I remember hearing Jordan Peterson talking about, wow, this, this show is getting so cool. <laughs> but, but I mean, I love his, uh, the way he talks about it, how, you know, fathers should rough house with their kids and stuff like that, boys or girls. It's like, it's almost like how you see puppies play with each other and they're swatting each other. I mean, you're not doing it to hurt them, but you want them to like, you know, be toughen up. Not, yeah, a wuss. Right? Yeah. It's funny. I still remember the last time my dad and I like roughhoused. Like, because we used to play fight all the time. We used to play fight all the time. And he would like jump me, like bear hug me, like sit there and just mess with me and stuff all the time. And then one day we were messing around, like play fighting in the kitchen. And I grabbed him and I picked him up. And I was. 13, 14. <laughs> and he goes, well, that's the last time we're doing that. <laughs> He's just, I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. He was just the, and my dad, my dad was a muscular guy. He played rugby. He works with his hands all day. He's, he's a man's man. And I just went, Who? and I picked him up. He's like, oh, that's the last time we're doing that. It's <laughs> the good news and the bad news. Yeah. He's like, that's the last time we're doing that. Um, so, I agree with you that I think that women, girls should be taking up martial arts. And I always, always make the push for any female friend to start martial arts. I think that obviously you get kind of like the, the, like you said, the difference in, in the sexes, as far as guys are made to rough house girls don't do that, but I feel that it would probably mean more coming from another woman to a woman saying, Hey, you should go and try this. But what do you think as a piece of advice, like what could someone sit there and share to another woman to sit there and say, like, you should take up martial arts. Like, what is it that you think flips the switch for, for a lot of women to go, okay, well, I'll try it now. I think because women do, you know, women can be vicious too. In fact, they're, they're, they're probably more vicious than men. Mm -hmm. Like they, they do like more underhanded tactics to win Maybe because they feel like they have to, yeah. like you, you learn the places that you need to, if, if a guy was, you know, trying to attack you yeah. three or four places, I can tell you right now, <laughs> and they're not allowed in the UFC, yeah. <laughs> but um, I think that it, there's a sense of empowerment that it gives you. Uh, as a female to realize that. And I think that's why grappling is of interest too, because it, you can kind of mitigate that the size difference, if you're going to take someone to the ground and, and, and it, it, you can work with their power, use it against them. And um, I mean, judo does that really well. And we tried to learn, even though it was karate specifically that we learned um, the instructor also did a lot with Krav Maga and um, in judo and, uh, Japanese uh, jujitsu as well. So um, I think a lot of it is also because women get stressed, just like guys get stressed. It's a good stress reliever, you know, to like kick, you know, kick a, I have a kick bag right here. In my office. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just to like work it out. And, and it, it makes, it just makes you feel good. I've seen it in my daughter. It just makes her, it, it's great 
for health benefits and it makes your body look strong and cool. And, and that's always nice. You know, who wants to have to worry about their, you know, their weight or like dieting or whatever, just work out. Like, like you, you won't have a problem, you know, for the most part. Um, and it, I mean, it may be tough. There'd be days of like, Oh, I just don't want to go. But, um, you know, I think that it's, 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 it's a mind game too. And it does really delicious things, you know, to kind of make you feel more confident. And a lot of when you're when a woman's out walking on the street or whatever, uh, I think, or whatever. Ooh, caught it, caught it. I didn't do it many times this time. I think Um, it was the only one. It might have been two because I did, you know, circle it twice here. Um, But it, it body language is very key when you're out and about you don't want to look like a mark and I think that you know there's a lot of things that you can do to not put yourself in a bad situation and and uh, there's ways you can protect yourself and little tips that that women should know but I think that if you train in martial arts you do get a certain stance and a sense of confidence and um I, I think maybe you're less of a mark yeah because, you know, my biggest tool, if someone ever tried to jump me or whatever, is the element of surprise because they have no idea. Yeah, they don't know what you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because the I've always had. It's funny, a sixth sense of when something's about to go down. I could always tell when there was a fight going on on the other side of campus and like, I'll be right back. I know there's a fight going on right there. So I think it's one of those things that the more you pick up on martial arts, the more you train, the more you get this extra sense of the energy in the room or what's going to happen or what could happen where you're, you're, you might be going out to the bar, having fun, whatever, but you still start keeping an eye on that person over there or those two over there. Yeah. something's going on over there at least you, if you have that kind of presence of mind yeah. some people don't have that wherewithal to pay attention to what's going on but when you have that situational awareness or at least you start feeling like something's not right over there i'm gonna pay attention to what's going on there i'll still do my thing but i think that's part of the the other thing on martial arts is if you've never been that kind of a person you can start picking that stuff up or yeah. you can start seeing what's going on there yeah, it does make you more cognizant of your surroundings and just the vibe. And um, yeah, and especially when you have uh, little drills where it's like four on one, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's called a gang fight, Kim. We don't do those. We don't jump people in jujitsu. Well, that's not true. We do jump people in class sometimes. That's fine. Do you, do you remember after you started doing martial arts when things kind of click for you where, where, like I say, the, the bug bit you on, this is what I want to do. I think one of the things that really kicked in for me, I was a brown belt, so I had been doing it for some time. Um, but we went, it was the only time I ever did a competition. Uh, and, and, uh, (laughs) I, I ended up winning a first place t- trophy in kata and in sparring. Nice. It was my first time out. And to be fair, there weren't a lot of people over 18. 
and I was certainly over 18 when I did it too. Um, but I would just, it, they said, well, we'll, and I had to compete with some of the men. And, and again, it was a smaller group. So I had an advantage there, but um, just to be able to like, and I won and I won. And the girl that I fought, um, she, she was 18 and um, it was in the final round like one of us was going to get first place one was get second place and she's looking at me like like oh you're like somebody's mom because <laughs> the kids were there she's going I'm going to fight you okay and she kept going on and I said so how long you've been training she said, oh since I was four and she was going on and on and on and I easily beat her <laughs> so I, I just, and people were coming up after me and saying would you compete in our tournament would you compete yeah. You know, it was like, no, <laughs> you came in the, you became the, the hand of karma incarnate. Nice. Yeah. It was just, it was just really funny. It's like, wow, you know, this is really fun. I didn't, I knew I would probably never do it again, but it was just, it made me just, just really feel happy for all those years that I had put in to kind of get to that point, you know, cause you, you, you know, you you spar with people in your dojo, but after a while, you know what they're going to do every time. I know that person is always going to do a low kick and then they're going to go mm. high. And, and so it was actually fun to com fight complete strangers. I didn't know their game plan. I didn't know if they were good or bad. You know, that was really interesting. So. That's awesome. Are, are there any photos from this competition? Oh, I don't know. There might yes, be. Yes, there is. Don't <laughs> even lie. I For sure there is. I got to see yeah, some of these. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna use that for the for the thumbnail for the video for YouTube. Yeah, we're definitely gonna use those. You know what's funny? I was gonna send you a, a video the other day. Did you? I mean, the the last couple of years of Van Halen when they had David Lee Ross back, and did you see how David Lee started doing like his little katas and everything yeah. like during the show? Did yeah. you ever watch the when they did Jimmy Kimmel Live? Uh, no. Uh -uh. So I didn't know this because I remember watching clips of it. But when they went to start the show, it was they're just going to do a couple of songs. David Lee Roth comes out and he has a staff and he starts doing this whole thing with the staff. He's like twirling it while he's singing. And then he wails himself in the nose with the staff. Ooh. Just cracks his nose in half. And he's still singing there. And wiping blood from his nose it's just going <laughs> the whole time thinking why would you do that what would make you bring a weapon on stage when you have to perform you can barely hit the notes anymore bud why <laughs> would you sit there and have the staff around and he just wails his face so it was camera from from somebody in the in the in the stands or whatever just watching it and he was just pouring blood just sitting there doing his karate kata i'm like oh my gosh this guy's insane but he went came back five minutes later and continue with the show. But, uh, listen, go for it. So are you excited for the concert? Yeah, I am. I've never seen them live. Oh man. I would definitely I suggest that I've never seen live. So yeah, I'm really, um, and I've been listening to all the Spotify playlists and stuff like thank you for sending yours and i asked uh, another person on staff as i said me yours because she's a huge fan too so yeah um, yeah it's been it's been great and you know the i was in a band at the time out in la um when they were doing the black album in mm. fact 
we were in the same dive rehearsal studio as they were. Wow. So we never actually saw, we, we saw, we never ran into them, but um, so yeah, it was a really divey area, but everyone like worked in this one place of North Hollywood. It was just, cause it was near NoHo and some of the best sushi <laughs> up the street. So there was always, you know, big bands there at the time. So, um, but you know, I liked them before that too. I, I like, I don't look like a typical Metallica fan, but I really, I just love- You'd be surprised. There, there's a lot I of different- how, you know, they're just cool. You know, I love the time signatures. I love the way James sings and plays just so hard. And, and Lars is amazing. I mean, and I liked it when Jason Newsom was in the, in the yeah. band. And, you know, I like uh, the, you know, other iterations as well, but yeah, it's gonna be great. I drove past uh, James's house when I was in Vail and I didn't even know it. So I knew he lived up there, but I, I didn't see him obviously. And it's funny, Jason, I don't know if he still does, but he had a house up in Vero beach up here. So he was like about an hour away. I'm like, man, it'd be great to get him to do the podcast. I would love to sit there and just, he's got to have more stories than anybody else. Cause I have a feeling he would actually share the stories. Everybody yeah. else would keep their mouth shut. I've heard a couple of stories about the band and stuff, certain things. I'm like, but yeah, the, the shows, every time that I've seen them has always been amazing. The last time I saw them was, I want to say 2013. No, they were, they did a show in Hollywood, Florida, and it was delayed by an hour, two hours. And I come to find out after the fact there was a bomb threat. Oh, well, yeah, they didn't tell anybody. It's like, oh, okay, cool. The show was full of explosives and fire and stuff like that. It was a great show. But yeah, no, for sure. Bring earplugs. And I mean, everything that I've seen so far, I'm curious. That's the next thing. I'm curious what the the stage layout and everything is going to be, because if it's going to be the Metallica stage layout or it's going to be something different for for your fights and whatever. So I'm kind of really curious how it's going to be. Well, it's going to be at Globe Life Field, um, which is a pretty new stadium. It's where the Texas Rangers play, um, mm -hmm. and it's it's open air or a closed um, arena. And um, I think they're using a good portion of the baseball field for both the triangle ring and and, and stages nearby. But I know Lot Nigel Lithgow, who's just a fantastic human being. Must I give a shout out to <laughs> Nigel? He's like just the nicest person and so funny and creative. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's a really good group of people. And um, it's it's going to be a, a fun night, I think. Um, when are you? A long night. Yeah. Oh, listen, I'm, I'm so excited. I was going to fly in Thanksgiving Day. It's like, ah, I don't know if I want to risk it, but I'll come in uh, Thursday morning. When are, when are you leaving? Um, really early Friday morning. And no, so, I mean, uh, like afterwards. Uh, Sunday at uh, like 2.30, something like that. Uh, gotcha. All right. Or maybe three. I don't know. You're just taking right off. I'm staying there like an extra day just to go drive around. I haven't been to Texas in a while. I love Texas. I was this close to moving to Texas. Oh, yeah. At the beginning of the year, I had Texas, Montana, or Puerto Rico. I was either going to go to actual Texas and work or just go live off the grid in Montana. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done with all this. Forget all this crap. Screw it. I'm going to go wrestle bison out in the woods. I'm done with this. What do you have planned for Thanksgiving? 
Uh, just, you know, making a, a feast here. Yeah. And then, you know, going to bed early because I have to wake up in the middle of the night to make a, a 640 flight. <laughs> Listen, that's that's the life that we chose. That's how it works. Yeah, yeah exactly. How about you? Do you go you have a big family uh, meal on Thanksgiving? No, you know what? It's um, we didn't do Thanksgiving for years once we moved here. We had no clue. Didn't really understand it. And then it kind of dawned on us. It's like, oh, it's all about food. We can yeah. have a ton of food today. So then we started doing it. There's so many mistakes that we've done with, with turkey. And my dad said, like, oh, I'll make the turkey this year. He did the turkey one year. So you've had asado before, like Argentinian steak. They use a lot of salt. So my dad went with that approach. And he's like, well, just use a lot of salt. But it's a big turkey. So use a lot of salt. This turkey was when there's crispy and then there's a bulletproof shell my dad figured out how to make turkey skin a bulletproof shell you could not you could snap it like a cookies i can't i can't eat this i don't know what this is i can't eat it so it became uh every year it's something different i brought a turducken one year that one went over okay um the only thing we haven't done is uh deep fried turkey I was just gonna say, have you done the deep fried? Oh, you I've do it. You're it. never gonna do it. Uh, <laughs> I've had it. So I, have a, it. I have a. My oldest brother was always the person that would do the deep fried one. It's um, amazing. It's dangerous. Yeah, it's definitely it dangerous. dangerous. It's extremely dangerous. Fires. Yeah, there's so many people that go to the hospital on yep. Thanksgiving because of deep fried turkey. Still worth it. Still yep. worth it. Still worth it. Yeah, the the big one for us is really Christmas. Christmas has become a a um, Iron Chef type challenge thing for us, which I am undefeated. Oh wow! Four years in a row. So I'm just throwing that out there. No <laughs> humble brag. So we try to do it. We'll make a theme for it every year, and that's what everybody brings one of. Undefeated. A theme like a, a certain cuisine or a certain mm -hmm. style of food or what? Right. So we'll say that the first couple of years was desserts to see oh. who could make the best dessert, which my sister was obsessed with making cakes for years. I completely crushed her. She was so mad. I crushed her. Um, and then we did food which like the actual meal. And then I, so I made my pizza, which I went above and beyond on my pizza. Nobody could touch that. Everybody tried to do something different. And then last year we did, we went back to, I guess it was kind of dessert, but the theme was sushi. My dad wanted to do sushi. He's like, I'll make sushi for everybody. Like, sir, you don't know the slightest thing about rice and making sushi. So what happened? He didn't make anything. My mom cooked something else, but I still went with dessert and I made uh, dessert sushi, which actually was really, really good. I basically took um, Rice Krispie treats and then started using fruit to make it look like sushi. So a little like salmon. It was actually like a raspberry like thing on top. So it came out so good. Rice Krispie treats for dessert is underrated. Just throwing that out there. Clever. Uh -huh. So. <laughs> 
what's the 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 plan then after triad combat what's your next big challenge uh just a busy december you know there's always more events that are coming up i mean it just doesn't stop and you know last year at new year's eve we had kiss 2020 goodbye with with live kiss you know from Abu Dhabi. Uh, I don't know if anything's going to sneak in at the last moment like that. Don't say that. <laughs> there might be something, you know, for New Year's Eve. Um, that's usually not a good day <laughs> for pay-per-view. I remember UFC would always yeah. try or they would do like a marathon. It's like, eh, just never really. People are either just doing other things. They're yeah. Not- <laughs> pay-per-view, I guess. I guess it's the... It's so basically the market's cornered on events for New Year's Eve, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I think people, I, they would rather just drink or, or go somewhere, um, you know, so. It is. It is what it is. Do you have an idea or a guesstimate of how many events you're probably going to have next year? Oh, I think we'll have even more than this. I mean, we usually do about a thousand events a year, so. Um, I think what we're going to try and do is maybe do fewer like really small ones, though, because there's there's starting to be bigger ones that just take more time. So just to be more economical and the manpower that we have, because we're still pretty small. We added a few people we will probably, you know, build out some more at some point. I know Triller is always hiring a bunch of people, too, um, for different areas. But um, yeah, I think I think there's going to be a lot of activity next year. Yeah, you said that like, yeah, I'm gonna. I know. I know. It's like, I, yeah, it just I sunk in. <laughs> it just sunk in like. Exactly. <laughs> it's good. Listen, right. it's a good problem to have. It is. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm blessed to have that kind of problem. So uh, you work for it. That's for sure. You're you're one of the those people that, like I said, I. I pay attention to just because of how much you do and that you're passionate about the stuff that you do. So that's inspiring to me more being around people like that. So keep doing what you're doing, but uh, guys, I'm going to let you go. Cause I know you got a lot of stuff going on and you got to enjoy your Sunday before you get back to the hecticness of your life. Make sure you check out Fight TV on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Go to fight.tv. Go subscribe. Is there going to be a special? We got a Black Friday special? Just throwing that out there. I don't know. I'm just asking, just in case. What kind of special? I don't know. Is there like a like a special going on? Or you said the year is going to be 30. Well, the special is Triad Combat for $2.99 a month. That's the and, big, that's our Black Friday special, right? And there. you might end up seeing like Kim and I partying in the back. So when you get the pay per view, so that's too many. Yeah, no, not with Lars. I don't want to go anywhere near Lars. No way, my right, guy's nuts. I'll go hang out with Rob or something. Okay, he, yeah. he oh, looks like the normal. Yeah, <laughs> but go check out Fight TV. Make sure you guys pick up Triad Combat. I'll be there in person with Kim. Uh, definitely, we're gonna have a good time. Um, Kim, thanks so much for for doing this. I know you got a tight schedule, but lunch is on me in Texas. We'll get some uh, some Tex-Mex. I think uh, I think we we both it's need a drink. Yeah, let's get the barbecue. We're gonna go for barbecue. You got any suggestions on barbecue in Dallas? Let me know. <laughs> thanks, Kim. All right, it was I'll great catch you later. Bye, guys. Yeah. 
Well, there you go, everyone. A big thank you from the bottom of my heart to Kim for taking the time out to come on the podcast and spend almost two hours talking with me. Uh, I know how insane this week is for her. Fight week or anytime you have an event coming up, especially a new event for us marketing people, it's always hectic. So for her to take the time to sit down really means a lot to me. Um, big thank you again to her. Guys, go check out fight.tv. Check out the Tried Combat this week in Dallas, Texas. If you can make it, great. If not, go to fight.tv. Sign up for the Trailer Fight Club. It's only $2.99. Uh, that's a steal considering the fact that you're going to get to watch uh, an awesome night of fights and you'll get to see a Metallica concert. What, what do you got to lose? Big thank you once again. Go check out Fight TV. Check out all of our sponsors. And I hope to see you guys uh, next week after Thanksgiving. I hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Big shout out to my to my big man, Sean. Unfortunately, he couldn't be with us this week, but he's spending time with Nana and everyone else. So a big shout out to Nana. Thumbs up for Nana. Hit the like and the subscribe button, and I'll catch you guys all next week. What's up, everybody? Alex here, and I just want to say thank you to everybody who's been supporting the podcast. And if this is your first time here and you'd like to support the podcast, hit the little notification bell below and the subscribe button. It's one click for you, but it's actually a big help to us to keep the podcast growing, which is all that we want to do is keep on providing you with some amazing jujitsu content, grappling content, and just keep you guys laughing and having fun. With that being said, this podcast is brought to you by all of our awesome sponsors. Check out Chocaloha. Go to chocaloha.com and use the promo code Jiu-Jitsu Radio at checkout to get 20% off some of the best gear in jiu-jitsu. Whether you're looking for patches, hats, t-shirts, stickers, you name it, they got it, and you'll get it all at a great discount. So it doesn't matter if it's brand new or on sale, you will still get the full 20% discount at checkout when you use the promo code Jiu-Jitsu Radio. Also, don't forget that just because your jiu-jitsu stinks doesn't mean that you have to. Go to jujitsusoapco.com, use the promo code JJRadio at checkout, and you'll get 15% off all of their soaps, their entire line. It doesn't matter what you buy, your entire cart will get 15% off. Hygiene is number one, so don't forget to check out all the accessories, all the other stuff that they have, for whether it's bath bombs or anything for your gi. They have some amazing products, and you'll get it at an awesome price when you use the promo code JJRadio at checkout. Finally, have you been watching all these pros compete and wonder, damn, where do they get all these custom patches put and heat pressed onto their geese? You can't find the right company, or maybe you thought you found a company and they ended up just leaving you hanging. Well, it doesn't happen with AJG Fight. Go to Instagram or Facebook, look up AJG Fight, and you will get the best prices, the best quality on customized heat transfer patches for your competition gi. Whether you want it on your gi, on your rash guard, your fight shorts, you name it, they can do it. Hit them up, let them know we sent you, you'll get taken care of. It's a small mom and pop run organization, so when you support them, you're supporting jujitsu from the ground up. AJG Fight on Instagram and on Facebook. Now, with that being said, one last thing, please don't forget to check us out on Instagram, TikTok. Visit jujitsuradio.com to get all the latest stuff of everything that we're working on. 
Also, don't forget to check me out on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash katajitsu and join me for some amazing gaming. We go anything from Modern Warfare to Sea of Thieves to even some Mario, Kaizo Mario, for those of you that know. If you don't, check it out. I also go on there to do some fight breakdowns, some grappling breakdowns. People have been sending me their matches for us to break down live on uh, on the stream. So if you got those videos, send them my way. I'd love to stream it and uh, and check it out live on the air with you guys.